Welcome to the Overnight Ramblings, where we delve into contemporary topics, current events, and noteworthy news. Join our host, Seth Melendez, as he brings a fresh perspective to the world around us. Get ready for engaging and thought-provoking discussions on a range of subjects. You won't want to miss a single episode. So tune in and join the conversation with the Overnight Ramblings. Hello, welcome to the Overnight Ramblings. I'm your host, Seth Melendez. Thank you for coming today for part two of our cybersecurity discussion. I know I left off, we were discussing uh, the password managers and uh, the use of them in the home um, and also wanted to add, you know, in small business. Well, in general businesses, in business. Um, in business, they use a little differently because they're, they're a tiered system where you can, I can give passwords to people without them seeing what the password is. In a sense, they would see a listing for a subscription or whatever it is, they would be able to click on it, it'll log them in automatically, but they don't have, they can't change it or see it. So, which was great, because it's all, you know, it's blocked out. Um, so that's one of the ways, and at home, you can get what they have, uh, passwords, password managers for families, which is a similar idea uh, on a smaller scale uh, where your kids can have access, you can give them access to certain things or, you know, other people in the family, but they don't see passwords. You know, you could share, uh, a login with someone, um, and cousin, friend, whoever, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And they can now have access to that subscription or, or service. And then, but they never get to see the password. So it's a, it's a there's different ones. So when you're when you're looking for a password manager, look for some of them that have that family plan, or that has or a business plan. They have a pro a pro version uh, for your business for small small businesses and larger businesses. So uh, it's effective in that tiered system and the way to manage all that. So you can remove access uh, f of that plan for people for whatever reason. Uh, you can remove the access and they won't be able to do anything. Um, it's also been utilized uh, when uh, people are being uh, terminated for different reasons, layoffs, terminations, whatever it is, uh, you automatically remove their their access, like with that, a certain time and date. So when they're being notified, they lose access to their passwords uh, also. So then they don't have, they have no way of, you know, logging into certain parts of your business and then doing anything. So, <clears throat> and then... So one of the bigger things that uh, also affects that, so we, you know, I think we've talked about some of the fundamentals, but I think the the idea, um, there's certain things that you can control within this and certain, you know, obviously passwords, that they can be hacked, those things can be found out. There's a lot of ways that, you know, but one of the biggest like, things I think people have control over and, and I know for a fact this happens happened to me in a sense that I've been able to gain access and do things, not because I go in and I'm the smartest hacker in the world, or it's because I can gain people's trust quickly, or I can get them to give me things because they think I have the authority. And that's where we go into social uh, hacking, uh, social engineering, sorry, social engineering uh, people call up they choose by, uh, Kevin Mitnick is famous for this uh, if you ever read a, a book one of Kevin Mitnick's books uh, he was famous, he's one of the 
he was a hacker that was put in jail for years, was never convicted or indicted. Um, he went through hell for years, and now, you know, he's uh, head of a couple, a couple of companies that do cybersecurity and social network, uh, social uh, engineering, and things like that. They do a lot of security assessments, uh, and he does a lot of seminars. But uh, he literally, it's if you ever heard the story of he, they took off his phone away from his phone privileges away while he was being held uh, because they said he could actually get on the phone and launch a nuclear weapon which is the most ridiculous thing ever but that's what that was that that was said by a prosecutor to a judge and the judge believed it uh, all morons but uh, so, you know so social hacking social engineering <clears throat> is something that's been done for a long time and this goes back to 70s 80s I admit Nick was dealing with this in the 80s and 90s uh, where he would walk into AT&T facilities and get in access to the phone lines and the long distance because he was part of the original group of guys because you remember hacking was not it wasn't a bad term uh, till the movie uh, um, uh, damn I can't even remember the name of the movie uh, so there was a movie that actually gave the word hacking a bad name and uh Uh, the, yeah, the name is War Games. Uh, until then, uh, th hacking wasn't considered a bad word. It was uh, considered just guys tinkering. So you would, you were a hacker because you tinkered a lot. So it gave the movie, uh, the movie gave it a, a bad connotation. And since then, it's been, it's been that way. But uh, most of the people, especially like Mitnick's days. They didn't do much hackering. They did a lot of tinkering, and they found ways to get around things, um, figure things out. Some of it without authorization. You couldn't say it was illegal because it wasn't on the books, but a lot of it without authorization at the time. Um, so, you know, things that they would did. There was the the whole f uh, claim of uh, Captain Crunch, uh, the kid that was called Captain Crunch, because. They took the old Captain Crunch whistle, uh, came in the box of cereal, and utilized that to, when you blew that into the old phone, it literally switched you to the trunk system, long-distance trunk system. The tones and the, the whistle, if you did it right, would switch you right into the trunk system uh, uh, of the long-distance service, and you'd have actual long-distance ability now. And so you can, you know, get your computer on and get into the bulletin boards and that, and you didn't have to pay for any of that. So that's what a lot of them did back in the day. But they figured out certain things uh, by asking questions. Some of them would call up. Some of them would go there, mm -hmm. check the garbage. Um, I know Kevin Mitnick did a lot of that, checking the garbage cans, finding full manuals. Um, they would uh, go and uh, literally walk in with a uniform or just coveralls and then ask questions. They, they, they would look like they were staff go in and ask questions. People would give them anything. They would call up, you know, and information they might have derived from one location. They'd go to another location and say, hey, I just spoke with Betty. Yeah, I know she's out on vacation because somebody told her Betty was on vacation. They needed to contact Betty for something. So then they contact someone else and say, hey, yeah, well, you know, Betty's on vacation. Can you assist us with this? And then that person would now give them information. So I say that because uh, 
the social engineering part is pretty simple. A lot of times people just pretend they have access. People, we've all received phone calls. Uh, if you work any length of time at corporations, from people you don't know, uh, from other departments, other groups, other parts of the world. Um, easiest way is to check them out. You know, you go in and you search for their name and whatever email or chat and whatever, and you find that oh, okay, they work here. Okay, um, but even then, so you check the name. You check a number, but I could be spoofing a name, I mean spoofing a number on my phone, calling you, you see the number, you check it out, and it's, it says Joe Schmo. So you assume you're talking to Joe Schmo now. And that's where some of the, the social hacking, and people do this a lot. I've discussed this with people at home, where, you know, you have people with, you know, there are a lot of voice boxes out there and different software out there that changes your voice. Uh, you can sound younger, you can sound older, you can sound male, female, whatever. You can, you definitely can change your voice and you wouldn't recognize it as a computer. There's some good services out there and good products that can do that where people can call your house or call another member of your phone. Let's say, um, and I'll give you a for instance, uh, you get three kids all under the age of 15 um, and instead of calling one of the older ones someone calls the youngest one because you know a lot of kids have phones in this particular situation they all had phones this kid was about 10 years old and I think the second brother or the second sister the next one up in line was somewhere around 12 and I think the last one was 14 and that was another that was a boy so someone wanted to get even with the boy they contacted the youngest brother, who happened to be 10. And they called his phone, pretended to be someone that was on the team with the brother, gave him a bunch of information. Hey, we're, we're doing a surprise. You know, he's the, he's gonna be new team captain. And all, whatever it is they made up, they gained his confidence real quick. And he gave them information. He gave them the schedule. Oh, he's going to be here. He's going to soccer practice. He's going here. He's going there. He's going to tutoring. He literally gave them a whole schedule. Gave them email addresses. Gave them other phone numbers to other people. And the young kid didn't know. And uh, this was someone trying to get even with the older brother. And uh, they were successful. And... Uh, that case wound up being uh, turned into a criminal case uh, very easily. Sometimes these kids don't realize. So social hacking can be utilized, and it, it is utilized a lot of times in different means and methods in the home against people in your home. Uh, jilted lover, uh, you know, somebody who's mad, you know, to estranged uh, uh, spouses. Uh, things like that that can be used, you know, family issues, um, outside people, you know, ex-girlfriends, side chicks, whatever. So those things can enter the home. And the same thing as business, you know, people are fired, disgruntled employees. And so people have motivation to do this. And, and, and there are those out there that are just nefarious looking to gain access for monetary reasons, you know, for political reasons, whether, you know, they're eco-warriors or 
whatever it is. So there are a lot of reasons and motivations of why people utilize this technique. And it's one of the most effective techniques because it's not a technical skill. I don't need to learn a technical skill or something to hack something. Um, I, I, all I have to do is talk to someone and just get them to believe it. And if I fail at you, I can try tomorrow with someone else. I could try a different persona the next day with you. Today I'm an old lady, tomorrow I'm a dude. You know, I'm a guy who is uh, a vendor who needs to talk to Joe. Uh, there's a lot of ways. So social hacking is something that we um, definitely need to be careful with. Um, one of the things I always tell people, validate uh, who they are. Um, I've done it to people who have worked at. Send me a text. Send me a text right now from your work phone or your work computer. You know, send me an email. Send me, send me you know, from your, your work cell phone that's listed. Send me an email. Um, <clears throat> you know, send me something or, or, you know, just hit the, you know, let's do a, a quick uh, video zoom or something like that. I, I, I don't think I've ever in the recent past... Um, maybe a couple of cases where I literally was suspicious of someone calling me out of the blue um, and relatively quickly uh, dissuaded that, you know, just a couple of things they did it and we were off to the races um, I know there are instances where you have to do validation when you're dealing with certain compliances and discussions especially HIPAA or legal stuff, there are certain things you have to do I know in IT, where a lot of us are taught uh, that we have to do certain things when discussing certain things and, and involved in certain types of projects or uh, uh, industries. You, you have to be careful when dealing with HR and benefits and things like that. Uh, you know, there are a lot of confidences that have to happen, and you can't break that. So, um, you know. You, you know, it's very good to be diligent. And I always say, look, the worst they could do is be a little annoyed because you made them wait a couple of seconds to validate who they were. But at least it shows your integrity and your due diligence and, you know, who you are as a person. You know, I, you, you can be fired for any reason. But if I'm going to be fired, I'm going to be fired for doing my job. You know, you, you, you find somebody drunk on the job is one thing they fire you. But I did my job, and some executive got mad because I made them wait. Oh, well, I can, I can put that on my resume. I have no problem with that. You know? So that's one of the things that I think is a big concern. And at times, I think one of the biggest uh, concerns, you know, they, it's, you know, social, social engineering works. They try to make you click things, um, suspicious phone calls. Uh, people, you know, getting personal information, it, it, it's very insidious. And, and at times you won't even notice it, how simple and, you know, it doesn't even look that bad, you know. So just that's something to be aware of. There are a lot of courses, a lot of videos on how to be aware of that. I think that's something that people should um, spend a little time. Uh, understanding the risk factors of those things and, and and the risk to your business and the risk, you know, I, I literally had someone who 
they uh, they were copying for whatever reason, and I pointed it out to them, and it, and it turned out to be true. Um, the company did not have its own uh, online storage, you know, like a Dropbox or you know Google Drive or anything like that, and they were utilizing their own personal one. Because then it allowed them to, when they went home, to do work on documentation. <clears throat> Problem with that is, it's twofold. And that's a side note. Most online storage, are uh, it's not backup. So I just want people to remember, it's not backup service. Backup protects the data. If you get a backup service, their job is to protect the data. Online storage protects the environment. So if your data gets corrupt, that's your fault. That's a you problem. <laughs> um, so understand, they, they have no responsibility for your data. They don't care what happens to it. So if something gets corrupt, that's on you. Where backup service, their number one job is to make sure your data is protected. It's not corrupted. So just make sure we understand the differences. And so when people store the documents on an online service, uh, Dropbox, Google Drive, you know, understand that if something happens to it, you're gone. You're, you're, you're done. And on top of that, if someone were to gain access to your service, in this case, this girl, her boyfriend was reading what she was doing and reading all the stuff that she was saving here all the time. She happened to had a she had a habit of saving notes to it, things like that. And there was nothing monitoring this. There's no one checking to see who accessed that. Um, and so when we, she and I, I was talking to her, and she kept saying, "Well, this is weird. This happened. I kept getting, I keep getting these weird duplicates, uh, things like that." So I, me and her started talking, and we worked through it, and we looked at. The activity she had and she was like look I'm not up at 2 in the morning I'm not up at these times I wasn't here this day I wasn't even online I was away I was doing this I was traveling whatever it was and we started realizing that her old boyfriend was accessing and reading her documents um, and uh, had the business known about it they could have fired her immediately because he was actually accessing documents that were HIPAA related Legal, related, legally related, that you know she had no business in any way sharing this out, and inadvertently had. She thought she was doing the right thing. Oh, I just have a place where I can easily just be able to work and you know do things when I'm home, and 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 in a sense she put herself in a bad situation. I did not rat her out. I wasn't going to do that, but we rectified the situation, and uh, she wanted to file a couple of police reports. Um, from based on the data and things that I found and based on the things that we both saw there she we were able to prove um, so she filed police reports um, where it went from there I don't think it went anywhere but at least it let him know that we were onto him and he needed to stop so that's something I think we need to be very cognizant of that you know the social engineering is very uh, insidious especially in you know homes and businesses um 
one of the biggest, another one of the biggest, here he goes again, using these words that really mean anything. So, <laughs> mean, mean anything. So, so it's employee awareness and training. I think it's part of what we were just touching on. I think most people are just not aware of all these things. So, off of what we were just talking about, you're not aware that you could be crossing a line. You're not aware that you've just given information. And this goes back to, uh, for the business, this is, a, this is a boss issue. This is a management issue. They should be training their people. And we see a lot of lack of that. There's a lack of training. People believe myths. They believe the hypes. They watch too many movies, The Matrix, and all these other things. They, they just believe too many things that are not true. Um, so they take that and that's how they affect policy and procedures in the business. They just go about doing things that are just not based in reality. Um, for instance, I know there was a study done and, uh, the, uh, um, it's called NIST. Uh, NIST is the National Institute of Standard and Technology. It's a government agency that does a lot of uh, discussion with companies and working with them for standardization and advanced measures. They do a lot of testing. They come back with the results. So they, there's a standardization on technology. And the part that I deal with, you know, obviously within the cybersecurity area, is the, they, they give recommendations. It's non-binding, but they recommend things. And a lot of insurance companies, a lot of uh, other compliances base their information off of what NIST recommends. Uh, so if you do a lot of the government uh, certifications and the government compliances, you're going to be, it's a lot of it's based off of what NIST does. So just NIST has a thing where most people believe, and some companies still do, that you should change your passwords every 30 days. That's not true. There's a study that shows it gives there's no uh, effectiveness of that. That, that you, you don't get a better chance of someone not getting a password taken if you change it every 30 days. So th this is certain ideas and beliefs that when tested, it, it bears no bear. It's this doesn't it does. The, the, the truth comes out that eh, it's 50 50, you know, it's it doesn't really change the results much whether they change it every 30 days or don't the the numbers aren't aren't overwhelming oh yes you should but a lot of companies still do it and i see a lot of major corporations that still do it uh one of the the issues and most people will understand is if you're forced to change your password every 30 days then here's what happens most people will just add a a random number or whatever it is to the end of their password period a zero a one two three whatever it is to keep the same password they don't want to lose whatever it is that they put in so they'll just add some random number password whatever just so that they can keep using the password with a bunch of periods and then number uh, one or two or three whatever it is so right there that just shows it's ineffective so that's one thing. So awareness, you know, changing passwords is something that, you know, obviously going back to what we talked about in a couple of 
discussions before is is something that's important and but the awareness of it is what's effective what is something that's relevant to what you do and i think training and awareness is something that we need uh for employees for people in the home and i always say this with kids um and i talked to a lot of people in my past or whenever we talk to people we've had discussions about kids is the more you make them aware of certain things uh the better they become at it if you make sure they understand that they should not use public wi-fi without a vpn that they should not do certain things they're pretty good at sticking to that they if you give them a nice story or give them a good reason they'll remember it and they're pretty good at sticking to it more than most adults i can tell adults don't use public wi-fis without a vpn and most people will just ignore it. <laughs> um, and so, but if you tell a kid that, preteen and teenager, a lot of times they'll just listen because it's automated to them. It's very easy for them to do. They know what to, how to do it. They know how to turn on the VPN. Those who have been taught, and most of them are usually pretty savvy. You know, by the time they're 10 years old nowadays, they're pretty savvy. Um, we just need to feed them a better foundation of knowledge so that they're more aware of the dangers. Um, so I think, you know, and then when you're dealing with small businesses and businesses in general, training is important. Training is something that, you know, always say uh, policy, procedure, and accountability equal culture at a business. If there's no accountability, your policy and procedures mean nothing. <laughs> if you don't really have any policies and procedure, where's the accountability? What are you count? What are you counting for? You know what I mean? So you have sometimes you have draconian, you know, issues. You know, you know policy procedures are very draconian. So your culture uh, can be very, uh, uh, very skewed in the sense that people there's low morale, things like that, and what's and things have been going on with Twitter, at least from what we see, you know, just calamity and people just have no idea what's going on. So just to tie this in a bow, in a nice bow, is we definitely need to um, make sure that we're training people properly in the disciplines or the areas that they need to in the things that they need to understand very simply a lot of times you get these highbrow trainings or you get these cbt's that people just click to and they finish the training they didn't hear a thing that was said you know they're part of a zoom meeting they're not really listening or participating um and then they just finish it they check it off it's done but none of that is retained and it's not added to their repertoire or things and so um so I, I, that's, it's very important that they do that. Okay. And then we just talked about the backup data. So we were just mentioning that before we were talking about um, online storage sites. Uh, it's definitely crucial at home and in businesses. Definitely crucial. You have... A bunch of data, let's just say pictures, family photos, things like that. You want to keep safe. 
Same thing with business. You have documents, information, you know, that you need to keep safe. They're important, you know, they're just as important either way. So online services are great, but that's not backup. Backing up your data is uh, something. I save things like certain documentation, things like that to online services. Uh, but I do keep a backup copy. And when I mean backup, something takes a backup of, I'll, you know, one of my Dropbox uh, uh, drives. I will back that up and I'll do that pretty regularly. Um, and it goes to a backup service. Um, just so that's safe. So it's in two locations in a sense. Uh, as a backup and one is just a regular online service, storage service. So it's something that we need to to do, documentation. Your documents are important. We need to make sure that the data is protected uh, from attacks. You know, there are certain attacks that literally will go in and try to wipe things out, uh, wipe it out. I know with online service, storage services, you can recover, um, but there are ways to even to, to foil that and to create a problem where trying to recover will, is close to impossible. So that's why we need to use backup services and there's a ton of out there uh that uh can help with that and and we definitely need to do the testing uh that's one thing that we need to make sure people understand is uh and it's happened like i think i i mentioned in one of my stories of you know back in 2008 testing a backup software for a customer and I, and that's one thing he mentioned it and we had at the time backup services were crap, and uh, I had worked at uh, Johnson and Johnson, and we were doing some major data storage movement and and store data uh, migrations. So we understood, you know, time and storage movement, and you know, over depending on, on internet lines and some of it internal things like that. We were doing a lot of movement of data. Uh, and so, so we did workarounds. We literally were backing up to the fastest drives at the time, uh, external drives, and shipping them to other locations, and then having them bring them online, and then you know import them in, and then now you just deal with deltas. And a lot of companies to this day will still do that. When you have deal with large amounts of data, they will. It's called seeding. They will send you a backup drive. Some of them will charge you. Some of them are free, depending on the service you have. Uh, in the corporate setting, a lot of that seeding is free, if depending on the account you get. Um, so they'll send you a drive to seed, where you dump all the stuff on, send it in. They take it, import it into your account. So maybe a few days. And then from then on, the only thing that changed is what's changed from the moment you backed up to the moment that it's online. So it's the only thing that's going to be sent to them over the internet. And so that's a good way of doing things. So back then, that's what we did. And so we just want to make sure people understand that some things take a lot of time. You have to test it. We were testing it in a similar situation with that situation where I was testing the gentleman's backup service. I needed to know for me what, it, what was the boundaries of it. And so that's why I was going about testing it. And funny thing, as I said before... Luckily for me, I was testing it because four days or three days after I started, I wound up having that fire in the house. 
which just so happens within an hour or not too long before the fire, the backup had just finished. And so uh, it was fortuitous for me. Since then, I've trusted backups, especially the online backups, in the sense that I trust them. Certain services I trust uh, because I saw that it came, it worked for me. Um, so it's something that I think most people need to implement and need to test. Now, you know, you can implement whatever you want, but if you don't test it and check it, it don't work, you know. So I think that's it, you know. In other, you know, we, we, and we segue into the next discussion. Uh, it's protecting, you know, once we said family and business, it's, it's an all encompassing type situation. Uh, you know, and, and it, we have to protect, we protect our family, we protect our, our our children and you protect your, your business. It, It has to be something you think about. It has to be on the forefront of your mind. You know, I know some, you know, growing up in New York, you have that New York mentality, especially people who grew up in not so nice neighborhoods in the hood, and and you you there's a way you learn to move through the neighborhood. You have a sense of what's right, wrong. You get a feeling. You start understanding. You know when and where to move, how to move, especially in New York City trains. Women learn. Guys learn. Learn how to where to place your bags at. You know where to put things at. You know. So that type of mentality has to happen when dealing uh, or protecting your family through cybersecurity. You have to start making it intuitive, making it a part of yourself. That it's just things you do, things like things I do, and it I can be forgetful like anyone else. I can get lazy like anyone else. So I'm no better than you. Actually, sometimes uh, IT guys are more arrogant. Um, we become more complacent. Because we're in it so much, nah, it's not going to happen to us. So, a lot of times we, we're making bigger mistakes, you just don't notice it. Um, and another thing is we can recover quicker. We understand how to recover quickly and, 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 and we know how to do it in ways like, um, you know, I wasn't being so diligent about changing my passwords. I recently, uh, I, you know, Received a notice, oh, I think it was Netflix or whoever just got, Twitter, whoever it is, just got uh, hacked into. And I didn't even think about anything. But then one, a few weeks later, uh, I was sitting here and then I get another alert from something else saying, hey, it was breached. Data's on the internet. So I went through and I started working through it real quick. You know, it's, it's, I can go through 20, 30 accounts, change passwords. You know, update that the whole thing very quickly with with the password managers. One thing about password manager gives you an advantage. Which ones have that password? You find out who has that password if you if you didn't follow the process, uh, the proper procedure, and n- use unique passwords. And if you're in a dim a dumbass and you use the same password, where is it? How many play? So you can use for search for a password within your password manager. See which accounts ch- go in. Go on each each and one of those accounts, change the passwords, create unique passwords, save it back to the account, and then you can go through that. I could do 20 or 30 of them less than five minutes. And I went through and I did that. I went through and all the core stuff. When I say core banks, 
you know, so, social media, uh, regular um, uh, places that you go to, you know, streaming services, things like that. I always say core because we always talk about the important things, you know, insurance, banking, things like that. You have to make sure that core is always protected. So I went through, made sure all the core, made sure anything that needed to be updated, I did it all. Um, and so was good so that's how I say where if you had to do it you may take a little longer may take you a while maybe a tedious effort but we have to make it easier uh, to go through that so I just wanted to make sure that we understand where we are uh, keeping ourselves up to date making sure we're controlling you know what we're doing you know really understand how our network is set up at home who has access what has access um, and things like that be be careful you know from the router you know all the way to you know the phones kids I, you know literally I just saw uh, a kid's tablet has access to, to the Wi-Fi you know kids tablet <laughs> you know so and that tablet you can actually if you wanted to I can pull that I can literally pull down whatever kids screen is there and get into some uh, background software and start utilizing it to to get information and do it I didn't know that I didn't figure out the level and range but I'm pretty sure there's there's a there's at least be able to generate some information if I were to steal that what could I get from that and I always tell people think about it this way if I were to able to steal your phone or your tablet or your laptop and gain access to it what damage could I do I think that's the biggest question we need to ask ourselves. What damage could someone do? And I'm not talking about people's photos and stuff like that. <laughs> All that personal stuff. You know, people's peccadilloes and hidden secrets. I'm not even talking about that stuff. That's, that's a whole different conversation and a whole different time. But that is something to think about. It is a variable. But what other damage could I do to you? And I always say, then you have to work backwards from there. How do we protect that? How do you stop that from happening? You know, today people target kids. People are targeting teens. They're targeting women in supermarkets. They're targeting, you know, it's, it's crazy the things that are going on. You see more and more of it. So we want to be careful. You know, people are dropping air tags in people's cars. You know, whether it's just uh, ex-boyfriends, whether it's just some crazy dude that saw you he lived next to you it's just happening a lot more frequently or or let me rephrase that we're hearing about it quicker more frequently you know i don't think there's a rise in these things i just think we're hearing about them more frequent and faster now what happens in middle of kentucky 40 years ago 60 years ago 80 years ago you know you may hear about it in two weeks you know now something happens in middle of kentucky literally everyone has access and the ability to hear about it within seconds you know I belong to different services um, that report violent information not only with my cybersecurity stuff but I, I get a lot of police blotter stuff and from across the country you'd be surprised um, how much stuff I get on that because I try to keep abreast of these trends in, uh, in criminals using technology um, so something happened in middle Kentucky you know about it within seconds. So, 
we we want to make sure that we I don't want to frighten people, but I want to keep you healthily aware and 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 concerned in the sense that you'll react and do something, you know. <clears throat> so anyone has any questions? Any situations you want? I'm more than available. You can contact me at uh, Seth M. Melendez at gmail.com. Um, thank you very much. This, I'm your host, Seth Melendez. This is the Overnight Rambling. Once again, peace and love. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Overnight Ramblings. We hope you enjoyed the discussion on contemporary topics, current events, and noteworthy news. Be sure to join us for our next episode where we will continue to bring you fresh perspectives and engaging discussions. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcasting app to stay up to date on all things The Overnight Ramblings. Until next time, stay informed and stay engaged with The Overnight Ramblings.